0: hello everybody mark here now i know you don't tune into surly curious for the best sounding audio podcast in the world i mean radiolab exists a lot of other amazing climate shows now exist that have pristine audio quality but you know what all those other shows have that surly curious doesn't severity stakes a little bit of doom a little bit of gloom. Now, it's totally warranted and justified, of course, but we like to have fun on this show, even and I, and I hope we deliver on that. So even though we talk about, you know, serious topics with our guest, we definitely try to add a little bit of, you know, context as humans trying to get through it all at the top and bottom of those interviews. So I just wanted to quickly apologize for the audio quality of today's episode. We just found out today, after recording the session, that our uh, trusty recording software we've been using has upped their price and are currently holding our individual tracks kind of for ransom so look out for a patreon for climactic near you you're going to hear more about it soon in some ads we're going to be doing across the network for ways people can support us to get some decent tools to produce as good a sounding show or better as you're used to so sorry this one's a little bit below that but god we have fun this is actually i think one of the funnest episodes we've done in a long time and who doesn't need a little bit of fun and frivolity along with the seriousness of the climate crisis right now enjoy
1: hello and welcome to serially curious with mark and eve i'm eve
0: and i'm mark
1: now we're going to start off by, as always, acknowledging whose country we are on today. I am on the lands of the Gadigal and the Bidjigal people, and I'd like to acknowledge the elders past and present, that sovereignty was never ceded, and that we don't need a treaty, we need to give the land back.
0: Hell yes. <laughs> I'm on the lands of the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation down here in Narm, aka Melbourne. And um, yeah, I I was going to... I was. Gonna, I was Shameless is going to be like, and to steal it from a rational fear, we need a treaty. But second that, Eve, let's give the land back.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Yothi Yindi's first saying treaty now in like the 80s, and it hasn't happened. So, like, that's long enough. Let's 40 go to whole hog. <laughs> Incremental change wasn't happening.
0: <laughs> so I've got a story for you today, Eve. And so mm-hmm. this is the show where we say hmm but more and more people come to us with an interesting story or something they're doing and they want to chat with us about it which is really exciting it's really kind of like humbling i'm, I'm really grateful for that and i'm shocked whenever anyone does but this is one of those cases where someone's saw what we do on climactic on the collective and on certainly curious and said yeah i've got something i'd love to chat about and this guy's name is abs Abdel and he has a company called pinkish pods and yeah you're about to hear a whole lot about it so can i just ask you you know if you knew nothing about it and i said the name's pinkish pods for a company what do you think they would make or what what do you think the product would be like a
1: little round pink tuffle
0: oh but like egg shaped so like
1: yeah like it, a pod
0: it can't stand on a bench it like rolls away no
1: like It'd be like completely impractical.
0: Yeah. Like, do you want to put your lunch in a Pokeball that's also <laughs> pink-ish?
1: Yeah. Yes. I kind of do mean, if I have like a round sandwich, that'd be good. But I, I think it's a bit niche. It's very
0: niche. I've never seen a round sandwich. I mean, I've seen lots of bagel sandwiches. I live above a bagel shop now. But uh, I've never seen a spherical sandwich that would go in a pinkish pod. But I was yeah. Also, I like, guess it
1: couldn't be pink, could it? Because it has to be pink-ish. Think ish,
0: like like kind of like one of those like Kinder Surprise things, like the the bad toys you get, and we're like, you're <laughs> an Australian, you don't know what I mean when I say like a gumball machine of of like a toy dispenser. you know, like you put money in and you like rotate a thing, and yeah, down this big spiral ramp comes a
1: yeah spark. yeah, but I I I know what you're talking about, and but I feel like it's one of those things where it's like Americans think of them as things. And I think of them as, like, a TV thing. Yes. That's a a thing that happens on TV. And then you go to America and it's like, oh, these are just things that happen. Yep.
0: Like, everything that, like, is just in the background, like, the mall and Back to the Future. That was my childhood. It's, like, just actually that. What? Okay. strange. On the topic of, like, consumerism and making too much stuff and maybe starting to live a little bit better. So, no, Pinkish Pods is not... um, sandwich holders or or you know anything kind of spherical. they are pods they are squidgy little they look like you could use them as pillows in a dollhouse tide pods like tide pods and these ones look even more delicious um they're definitely pinkish but like little pink jewels and um yes we're talking about laundry detergent today (laughs) which how does that make you feel Eve? (laughs) What are your thoughts on laundry?
1: as a very sweaty person i'm very pro laundry um <laughs>
0: do you think like the city, the city that you're in i nearly said the sydney you're in but the city you're in will like come to be known as sweaty city within like just a few years time like it's already informally within like climate folks it's like oh you're from sweaty city
1: yeah probably yes it's it's so gross
0: got it to a great zine from sydney of climate folks called sweaty city and it just it's perfect
1: oh yeah yeah that's that's great i remember them i read their magazine it like before lockdown
0: (laughs) a long time ago now have them on at some point but so yeah this is a topic i guess which which hits close to all of our hearts it's the laundry we all wear every day that we do every week or so and how we can kind of do that in a slightly better way so you might be thinking mark eve this is a show about climate change and important things why are you talking about laundry you've talked about tiger preservation and fishing and combating modern slavery and now you're talking about my laundry and i say yes talking about laundry and unique selling points of products and using capitalism in a revised kind of fundamentally better way but not being afraid to like sell a product and like market that product. Now, Eve, you have a huge advantage over me. I went to school for like a business degree. You went to school for like a a useful to the planet and humanity degree.
1: Yeah, but then when you say things like market and marketing, I just like do what I do when I encounter my friends who do that stuff. And I just like crawl into a corner. It's like Homer (laughs) Simpson style, like
0: no. Disappear into a hedge?
1: Yeah, and so I'm excited to hear about like what people are doing that speak that language and and want to engage with that stuff because I think for a lot of people who really committed in environmental spheres and stuff, it's really hard to kind of bridge those two spheres. And so I'm touched really excited
0: through the rail of, of commerce and actually, you know, selling something and kind of speaking the language that we. We know has a lot of problems, which is capitalism and commerce, but being willing to use that for good is, is something you know, we talk about a lot in, in calling out bad examples of greenwash. but things to watch out for in this episode, we do say unique selling point quite a bit. You will hear Milton Freeman being talked about, and we talk about the fast-moving consumer goods industry. So if that sounds like you, <laughs> like it is me, and you'll enjoy this. you the. No. hey i'm the founder of pinkish pods we are
2: a climate positive carbon negative waste-free consumer goods company i know a lot of big hyphenated words but what does that actually mean it means that we're committed to having a real impact on the environment by doing three things firstly no plastic in our product there are better alternatives out there that can and should be used secondly no wastage full stop we're committed to not adding to the landfill problem all of our products are 100% recyclable and we do not cut corners. Thirdly, and most importantly, we are committed to updating more carbon than we emit as an entire organization, which extends to both our employees and our consumer, amongst other things. In the last decade alone, we've seen unequivocal evidence that the planet is in a dire state and is essentially on support. The most recent UN climate report made this clear, and the world leaders recently met in Glasgow to discuss this very important topic. Unfortunately, big corporations still operate under the Milton Friedman model of capitalism, where a company's sole purpose is to benefit its shareholders. This model is dead, and where it's not, we should be pulling the plug immediately. It's time to break the profit at all cost model. The consumer goods industry is equally as guilty as the fossil fuel industry in committing crimes against the environment. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I've definitely contributed to this problem both personally and professionally, but I'm seeking ways to correct this. And trust me, it hasn't been easy. Every day consumers buy billions of products made from plastic that can't or aren't recycled. These products are diluted with water and contain harmful chemicals, which is really not necessary. But we do have a solution. That's where Pinkish Pods comes in. By making one small change and putting your hard-earned money towards companies that understand today's reality, you can also have an impact. We're starting with the laundry category, and we will be disrupting as many categories as we can to stay true to our mission of reversing climate change. Just imagine if all laundry products around the world stopped using plastic. Already, we would have had a huge impact, and that's just one category. Plastic is to the earth what cigarettes are to the human body. We know this. Let's do something about it. Isn't it strange that corporations have legal rights, yet the environment doesn't? I'm hopeful that together we can help shape our future and take back control from corporations. Are you ready to make that one small change?
0: It might be that you are at a school strike for climate. I know that there's uh, those events happening again at the end of this week around the world. I'll be going to one in Melbourne soon. You might be at a protest or at a uh, campaign event for a Greens or an independent candidate coming up as part of the election season fever and you're thinking about environmentalism. You're thinking about the climate crisis. You're thinking about the end of the world. You might not stop for a second and consider what detergent do I have at home? But as we know, the climate crisis is the everything crisis and everything is intersecting with environmentalism and sustainability at some level. And today we've got a guest to talk to us all about consumer packaged goods and the laundry detergent we have at home to keep our whites white and our colors vibrant. So uh, here's a little bit of a spiel about Pinkish Pods. Uh, it was a late-night fever dream of an unemployed dude taking a break from his suit-and-tie career. After years of looking after the cleaning category for SMCG companies, it pained him to know that the detergents he was using were overpriced and pumped full of water. After a good hard look at the amount of plastic waste he was producing as an individual, and thinking about that on the scale of millions of households in Australia and billions in the world... The idea for Pinkish Pods was born—a zero waste, climate positive solution, great for the planet, and based on something more important than the bottom line. Okay, Abdel, welcome, welcome to Serially uh, Curious. Tell me more about how this happened. How did you go from an unemployed dude to starting a company all about home products?
2: Yeah, great question. It started a few years ago. Yeah, working in in, in corporate career and. Not really satisfied. You know, I was doing all the right things that they te- teach you at school. You know, go to university, get a good corporate job, uh, climb the corporate ladder, buy a house, get married, have kids. You know, and I was on that trajectory, but I just wasn't fulfilled. This is a
0: bike Club monologue. I recognized oh.
2: <laughs> and it. And I, and I just wasn't, you know, 100% happy with what I was doing and, and the um, output. Yep. So I started thinking about how can I combine my passion for the environment and my passion for helping people with a career that I do enjoy. Um, I, I do enjoy, I guess, financials and numbers and negotiating. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that career. But for me, I just wanted to try to combine that with my true passions in life um, and of, of helping people. Mm-hmm. So I started really thinking about it. I, you know, attempted to join the UN, um, attempted to join these organizations that did a lot of good in the world. However, with my experience, you know, just being very corporate sales and marketing, it didn't really give the UN much possibilities, you know, they're looking for doctors and lawyers, they don't want somebody who's gonna, you know, try to sell them or do a marketing campaign for them, which I understood. And then 2020 happened. And, you know, and we all know the pandemic um, impacted so many lives globally. Most people are not aware of how much of an impact something like this could happen. And that's when I decided to take a break from my corporate career, um, and really consider what the next steps are going to be. Um, I knew that money doesn't really make me happy. Um, Climbing the corporate ladder and having a big title
1: doesn't really fulfill me. You know, how can I take my experience
2: and make it better for the environment, given that this is really uh, an industry that can have a huge impact on the environment, given its sheer scale and size? I started looking at categories that we can disrupt, and laundry was the obvious one know everybody does laundry globally and i think during the pandemic i used to do a lot of laundry and it became more evident because i was stuck at home the only time you had outdoors was you know either exercise or for a walk so and i you know sweat profusely as a as as an individual which
0: at sydney's fault that's not yours looking at the amount of laundry i was doing
2: and going through the detergents i i you know i was like there has to be a better way um Started doing some research, found out there are better alternatives, uh, such as these capsules and the capsule technology. They're non-harmful. They uh, degrade naturally in, in waterways, um, not impacting the environment at all. So I put two and two together, and Peach Pods was born. Here we are. Uh, a year later, we launched, um, and it's been, uh, you know, feedback has been very, very positive so far. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Let's take a couple steps back and walk back up to the launch of Pinkish Pods. So we talked about the UN there and, you know, how you might want to go off and, and help save the world through being involved with the United Nations and save the world from greenhouse gases and CO2. And and the way I'm saying it is is there's a lot of acronyms out there in the world, and we all know what GHGs are. We know what the UN is. All of our listeners might not know what the FMCG industry is. So maybe just to help situate us in – What is this thing? How big is it? And why is it something worth caring about? You're you're 100%
2: right. Most people probably don't know um, what we're referring to. And FMCG stands for fast-moving consumer goods. And and the way to look at it is anything that's sold in the supermarket is a fast-moving consumer goods. So laundry detergents.
0: It, my head pictures like there's like yes, it's a box of cookies, but it's got wheels on it and it moves quite fast down the hallway.
2: Exactly, exactly. Um, and 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 that's, that's it's not that musical that and fun. It, it, true, but that's a good way of looking at it. You know, there's there's no point. I'm kind of saying the world's over, we're all going to die. It's uh, let, let's let's give people hope.
0: The goods themselves aren't aren't moving. Uh, we we just consume them very fast, and so you get warehouses full and ships full of these goods. And it's things you don't think about because you buy them once a week, once a month. It's the small little boxes of things in our house that we use. It's not produce, but it's everything else we buy.
2: Exactly. And, and if you think about it, that's, you know, if you think about your own purchases, there are another 27 million people in Australia alone that have the same habits and, you know, buy the same products on the same time frame as you. So that's why people should care and why people should focus. I'm not saying the consumer goods industry is bad and evil, just like all other industries. You know, we we just live in a capitalistic society and a Milton Friedman model around um, capitalism. So this is a model that's been operating for years and companies have become really good at operating in this model. I think it's time that we have like a little circuit breaker. Let's make profit. Great. There's nothing wrong with being profit focused, but at what cost, Do we want to continue to destroy the environment while making profit? Do we want to continue to impact people's lives for the negative pump products, full of water, sugar, other chemicals that don't really have a lot of benefit for us or the environment, or do we want to take a stand and say, look, enough is enough. We need to take control and we need to demand better products for both the environment and ourselves.
0: So it's definitely a, a problem set that is massive, but I think we we don't think about consumer packaged goods and, and the th- things we consume that aren't food nearly as much. And I wonder if the industry, as an aside, you don't have to answer, I wonder if the industry itself kind of knows and likes it's somewhat invisible. Like it, it gets a lot less headlines than we all have concerns about food safety and what our food is doing to us. We think a lot less about our detergents, and our toothpastes and our mouthwashes. But um, can I ask, rather than sort of defining what is the industry at the moment and, and what it's like, you know, tell me more about Pinkish Pods and, and how do you describe this to a to a friend at a barbecue? And someone's like, oh, Abs, I hear you've got a startup. What's that about? What's your uh, elevator pitch? Pinkish
2: Pods is a climate-positive, waste-free consumer goods company. Our mission is to reverse climate change. It could be true. It's For not- us... We aim to provide consumers with uh, great quality products, similar to supermarket quality that they would purchase, but getting rid of the harmful chemicals and the unnecessary packaging made from plastic. I think that would be the easiest way to describe it to anybody. Um, it gets very complex and I truly struggle keeping it down to like a sentence or, or a phrase because uh, there's a lot of passion behind it and we're really impacting things On many different ways, you know, so the packaging of of the capsule itself made from polyvinyl alcohol, uh, non harmful, uh, non toxic to the environment, something like that can be used in so many different categories, not only cleaning, think about using this technology to put coke in or uh, juices, because, you know, this technology is used in in medical supplies, um, and, and surgery, so very safe. To use And during COVID, actually, they made little bags um, because they're water soluble. So for patients that had COVID in the hospital, they would put their clothes in these water, you know, in PVA bags um, to limit the spread of COVID and wash the bags that are already sealed with this PVA material because it completely dissolves in water. It can get very technical when when I describe uh, the the company and, and what we do, but in every little aspect of the organization, we've really put a lot of thought and energy to ensure it's as safe and environmentally friendly as possible. I'm not perfect. Um, I don't think anybody's perfect. And I think everybody makes mistakes. Um, We will aim to address any or all mistakes that, you know, kind of appear in the future. If there are any, Um, as technology evolves, we will continue to evolve as an organization to stay true to our mission. Um, and, and and that's you know my commitment to to our customers and to everybody who is interested in pinkish pods, whether they're you know a, a bystander or or somebody who's who's actively involved.
0: Tell me a bit more about PBA, because this sounds amazing. And and if you can put on your sort of marketer's hat, because the term polyvinyl alcohol to me sounds okay. Anything with poly, I'm thinking polymer, I'm thinking plastic. Vinyl, I'm thinking bad car seats from the 1970s, and not something I want anywhere near me and then alcohol. Great, but packaging. So what, what is it?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a, it's a thin film um, mm. that does look like plastic or, you know, kind of clear plastic, but it's definitely not made from plastic. What this material does or why it's so cool is you can make it into different shapes and sizes and it can hold liquids inside it. Mm. It only dissolves when it comes to in contact with water um, so it's pretty safe. You can transport it. It can sit in your laundry room for weeks, if not months, with, with no real damage on
0: it. So with water, it dissolves. With other liquids, it's inert. That's, that sounds magical.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, I don't believe they've done testing on other liquids uh, mm-hmm. as such you know, on the outer film. Because if, if mm-hmm. one uh, capsule does burst, the other liquids on it can impact the others around it, right? But once it's sealed then it should be safe if it doesn't come into contact with any other liquid. Once it does come into contact with liquid, and that's when you throw it into your washing machine, it dissolves completely in seconds. And we actually have a video, I think, on our Instagram page of a trial. We we threw a pod in there in a big jar with water, and I just stirred it for maybe 10 seconds. And you can see how quickly it just completely dissolves. The water goes a little bit murky because there's that, you know, kind of soap detergent in it. No clear signs of microplastics, And there's been a lot of research by institutions and universities on on this. It is fairly new technology. So there's a ton more research to be done. However, all the research that has been completed to to date um, shows no evidence of microplastics going into our waterways.
0: So to put my marketing hat or my kind of business hat on for a second, is Pinkish Pods is like the unique selling point that you're using this novel material to package your pods? Or is it What's in the pods? Which of those two is more important? Would you say to the the product?
2: I would say it's a combination of both, right? Because we do use chemicals. Um, I, I can't get away from not using chemicals uh, to ensure that I address consumer needs. Like everybody wants stains out. Everybody wants their clothes to smell good and, and you know feel clean after a wash. So for us. To make Pinkish Pods a mass market brand, which we need to be, if we are to stay true to our mission of reversing climate change, we need everybody or as many people to adopt it. We need to have a product that actually works and works really well. So the chemicals inside are not harmful and they've been validated and tested to waterways and the environment once they get washed down the kind of drain. The capsule itself is innovative in the sense that we are now able to put these laundry detergents um, and, and make them in highly concentrated uh, amounts and package them in, in something that's not plastic. Um, yeah. If you can think about trying to you know, ship something that's liquid, you know, plastic is probably the first thing that comes to mind, but mm-hmm. then you can really look at if we wanted to take a different approach uh, because I think laundry detergent, the liquid detergent, which we'll speak to um, around yeah. the water wastage, and I'm sure in, in, you know, as, as, uh, in a couple of minutes, it can be packaged in like a milk carton as such, if you think about it. And and that would be a much more environmentally friendly option, Um, but you still have the other manufacturing waste uh, that happens with the liquid detergent. So that's, you know, I I would say we, we have a lot of different angles and it's really hard to pick one to say, Hey, this is our UPS because, you know, again, the the cardboard packaging is, is a unique selling point. I think being climate positive is a definitely another unique selling point and Truthfully, that's the one that I'm most proud of. I think everything else you know, we can do and other people could have done, I think taking the stand and being climate positive from day one is, is extremely important and something I'm very proud of. I didn't wait till we made money. I didn't wait to see if it worked. The business model needed to work with us being climate positive. If it didn't work being climate positive, then there's no point continuing with something else because, again, that defies or goes against our mission that we're
0: trying to achieve. And on that point, can I quickly ask how you've achieved climate positive status as a company?
2: So we uh, measure all our emissions, um, including manufacturing. I think the important point here to to note for, for the listeners is when people say carbon neutral, they're only talking about their own emissions. So if I was big corporate A, and I use another corporation to do my manufacturing, if I wanted to be carbon neutral, I would only have to offset my own emissions, not worrying about the manufacturing because that's not involved with us. However, for pinkish pods, I've taken into account the manufacturing emissions that goes into making these pods, the shipping from China to Australia, and all of our operations. And to take it an extra step further, we've also validated with leading carbon capture organizations in Australia, how much carbon emission a washing machine emits. And for every box customers buy, we will offset their washing machine emission every single cycle. So our box or pack size is 35, which essentially is 35 loads of laundry. So for every box you buy, I will offset, or Pitch Pods will offset 35 loads of carbon um, that's produced by your machine. And that's for us how we've achieved climate positive and beyond, and we're hoping other organizations, whether they be existing large corporates or future startups, adopt or look at our model um, for inspiration. If we can all do that and work together, we, we can create a better world for the future.
0: So we had a great guest on previously from Leica Pet Food, and he had a very, very good explanation of, of that. The scope one, scope two, scope three emissions and how how companies measure it and what it means. So let me just check my understanding of it against you, abs. So Scope one being your inputs, the things that you're, you're buying into the company. Scope two is your own operations within the company and manufacturing or processing value adding. And then scope three, the emissions that result from the use of your product or, or the end of life of the product. And, and you're covering scope one, scope two, scope three. Um, let's talk about water, water going into the product and then water on the other side. So let's talk about water that goes into the creation of most detergent products so wh- why is it so bad <laughs> water sounds great water
2: is great and it's not bad I, I think where water becomes bad in-, in manufacturing process is the amount of water used as we know water is a scarce resource and here in Australia year on year we hear about droughts and how the farmers um, in the country are going without and you know some towns, might go or might, you know, reach zero water. I I found that shocking in 2020 and beyond. There are some towns in Australia that are desperate for water, that they may not have water next week, you know, in in Mm -hmm. the height of summer, in the peak of the drought.
0: Well, Abs, in Australia's defense, like, we did put out Mad Max. We we did tell people what this country was going to be like. This
2: this is very true. This is very true. Nobody listened. Nobody listened. That's the first bad part about using water. It's it's a scarce resource and there's no need to use it. The second part is, you know, it's it's a profitability driver. Water is cheap, if not free in most cases. So if you are pumping the liquid laundry detergent or surface cleaners or dishwashing and soaps full of water to some points, 80% water content, it's huge waste. Takes a lot of energy to get that water into it. It takes a lot of energy to ship that water from China to Australia, right? So if you think about all the ways that we've, you know, impacted the environment, there's the carbon emission element, there's the utilizing of a scarce resource that's not necessary, and then there's the overcharging consumers for water. You know, these laundry detergents sell for $20 plus points in supermarkets, so consumers are paying $20 plus for a jug of water that they can't even drink.
0: <laughs> that's right. $20 for a liter thing, which is maybe 800 mils of water, which you put next to your tap.
2: And, and that's the, you know, the disheartening part. There's, there's really no point for this um, except for to make as much profit as you can for a corporation. You know, wh- when will we as, as a society say, look, that, that just doesn't sit right with us and, and we demand something better. Um, and, mm. and I think consumers don't realize their power. Um, and, and, you know, being in the industry, I can assure consumers, you know, when, when they vote with their wallets, the industry listens, you know, they'll launch a product. And if the product doesn't get the sales, the product gets deleted immediately, you know, in the next year or after six months. So if you truly want to see, you know, um, a difference at supermarkets or have an impact, support organizations or products that you believe in, whether, mm. you know, it's plastic free or full of plastic, you know, that's it's, you know, we live in a free society you get to decide. But I think, you know, you do have the power. And the more that you vote with your wallet through your purchases, the more these big corporations will listen and be forced to change because they want to make money. So if their current products are not making the money, guess what, they're gonna look for other ways.
0: It might be reducing it to the point that it's obvious and simple, but, but the very name of the industry is fast moving consumer goods. So being reactive, being responsive to what people are buying is the name of the game. And much easier to get a product line deleted than a uh, obstinate politician.
2: Yeah, no, no, I agree. And and, and even, you know, their ability to launch products is, is phenomenal. I think, you know, give credit where credit's due. They, they have some great people working in great organizations, and they're able to turn around where, you know, if their motivations are high, within three months of brand new product, concept, branding, everything. You know, they have the money to do it. They have the teams to do it. They have the experience. It's it's not that, you know, they, they lack... The, the ability to do it—it's uh, they just lack the motivation, motivation or will.
0: Yep. Can I stay with that for a second and ask a, a follow-up question? Of so, how many years were you in that industry, sort of roughly?
2: Almost ten years. Mm. Yeah, working across different, I guess, sectors or, or employers. Yeah.
0: Mm. And any kind of you know former colleagues, old workmates, and stuff who have kind of like seen what you've been doing with Pinkish Pods and said like, oh. Oh hell yes. If there had been a company like this, you know, 10 years ago, you could have gone and worked for that scratched, you know, scratched the itch and, you know, it's going to be a, a big success and it's going to be like, oh, I can have this type of career in and enjoy the challenge of marketing a product in a fast moving consumer goods sector and, and have that hustle and bustle of the market without all the costs and negative aspects being externalized and put on the environment. Like maybe to make that a question. Would ABS of 10 years ago have, you know, taken a job with Pinkish Pods, you think, instead of, you know, p and G?
2: I'd love to say yes, but I truly believe my answer would have been no, just because at the time, 10 years ago, when I was first starting my career, I was, you know, kind of sucked in by the reality of the corporate career, you know, and and, yeah, this- you know.
0: Studio reality.
2: Yeah, you know, and it's like, oh, that, that's, you, you just, you need the security and you you need to join this big organization. And, you know, like, how fast can you climb the corporate ladder? And, and that was like my main focus. And I was, you know, it, it took me a while to really figure out why I wasn't happy. You know, I I was doing everything that I was taught was, was right back to what we were saying earlier, like, getting the promotions, I'm getting great feedback from my managers, I I'm getting the bonuses but just did not sit right like there was just something missing and it took me 10 years to figure it out I don't know if that's a if it's a fortunate situation or unfortunate situation I wish that I had figured it out earlier but you know I guess here here I am and it's better late than never as they say Um, I'd like to think people in the industry now though would jump on the opportunity i think having you know launching a business you, you you need to deal with you know marketing agencies pr agencies um other third parties that add value and every person that i've spoken to has been extremely positive about working uh, with us um and and you know our brand and the elements that we have so i think if if anything that's that's a good vote of confidence uh, in early days
0: Absolutely. Well, just, you know, to date when we're doing this recording, it is three days out from a school strike, uh, for climate and the, the first big one back after, after, <laughs> hopefully after the pandemic. Um, and God, whenever I'm around young people these days, I am both overwhelmed by, by guilt and by feeling like, Oh my God, you've, you've got to just, you've got to face so much more than I had to as a young person. And I'm also filled with such hope. And astonishment at, at the chutzpah of these young people, and so I'm sure that you know as Pinkish Pods grows and you start hiring, especially younger folks, um, they will be very mission driven, and they are going to be gravitated to Pinkish Pods for that. So that's exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and
2: and I think you know for, for all folks, people, um, you know, r- regardless of their age, I, you know, my, my, you know, if I can deliver a message, if you will. Uh, it, it, you, you can make a difference. Yeah, You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's important. Don't think about it like, oh, what impact will I have? Or what's this protest going to do? It, it can do a lot. And, and, you know, for me, it took me, you know, 10 years to realize that I'm the future generation and I can't rely on politicians to, you know, fix these problems, nor can I rely on corporations. I think it needs, you know, everybody needs to come together and, and solve it. But in the reality, you know, I guess, my peers, people, you know, my age or my generation are going to be future prime ministers or future corporate leaders, um, future startup owners. And it gives me hope that, you know, we all care and we all just want, you know, I guess a a better world to live in. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's hope for the future. But, you know, I think for younger generations, you can make a difference. I think everything you are doing, continue doing it. People are listening. And I think it's, you know, together, we can truly create a, a better world.
0: Well, Abs, I've got uh, 10 minutes here. Did we not cover anything you want to talk about that you prepared and thought long and hard about and we're up late into the night agonizing over?
2: You know, what I'll say is we're starting with the laundry category um, where, where uh, we're aiming to disrupt as many categories as we can. And, and we have plans mm-hmm. uh, for this year to launch two new categories and really cover the entire household Keep an eye out on, on our website and on our social media uh, where we have some really big plans and please challenge us, um, talk to us, support us, get other organizations to look into their own emissions and, and their own contribution to the environment. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think if we work together, we, we can make a huge difference. Uh, and, and I think that would be uh, my, my closing remarks, if you will. Um, let's not rely on other parties. We, we can take control and, and and let's do it. Um, uh, you know, governments will follow. Corporations will follow. They're already working on it. I, I think they're just not moving as fast enough. And, you know, we can really accelerate that as a, as a society.
0: Oh, and we're back. Um, I hope your clothes feel, well, not clean because we want you to go buy some pinkish pods and wash your clothes. Abs, just the other day, just as we're sitting down to record this, and it's going to go out just another day or two after we record this, stocks arrived, they're ready to go. The millions of delays, the, the COVID disruptions, it hasn't stopped the pods now from arriving in Australia. They're ready to go. Go get yours today. Eve, what do you think? You're gonna, are you going to try Pinkish Pods? Because I'm going to. I'm, I'm definitely going French. to
1: try Pinkish Pods. I think we got from the intro that like, I was apprehensive about this. Milton
0: Freeman <laughs> Capitalism.
1: <laughs> All of that. But <laughs> oh, I was so impressed. Yeah, talking to my friends who will finance people and, and yeah, in that sort of world it's so hard to get them to sort of switch on when it comes to climate things. And I really think that ABS did such a great job of sort of being in that world but disrupting that world, you know. So, yeah, I'm going to buy them. I'm really excited to see people like trying to disrupt but not in a like, oh, we're doing our own boutique thing that's only available to this many people. This Doing it in a way of like, no, this is going to be scalable. Can, yes. This
0: is for you and your mom. Yeah.
1: Kleenex for coming for you. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Those are the type of companies and the verticals that, that Abs is targeting. And, you know, as he said, he's starting with laundry, but he's definitely looking at other spaces to move into as well where he can deliver as good a product at the same price, but just caring about profit margin less than the other companies. So, as good, same price, better product. And he's just like, ah, wonderful like actually taking into account the externalities that companies i won't name names they're very litigious and scary and they murder people and that's why we shouldn't use their products the big consumer packaged goods companies but like they're really not hard to be better than and i'm just so impressed how much abs is doing and he's kind of maybe doing more than he has to even just to be one of the good ones he's going to even yeah, and well,
1: and I think what's cool about what he's doing is that he's not just trying to be better than those guys. He's trying to do it well, objective, like do you well know, to do good. Yeah, and 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 I think that's really cool. I think, um, in terms of like, and and I'm sure ABS would be the first to admit there are still sort of holes in sustainability there, like with the sort of things of offsets. We're all kind of getting across how challenging. Offsetting can be in a meaningful way, and those sorts of things. But it's really cool that one, it's set up like structurally to incorporate those externalities, and two, that like the company is agile enough that it's willing to learn and adjust to be the best. Which is yeah,
0: awesome. saying right off the bat, he's like, "I'm not going to be perfect at this. I'm going to make mistakes. Let me know because I want this company to constantly be learning and improving." and showing other companies how it can be done. And you're not going to get that. You're not going to be perfect straight out of the box, right off the mark. So I was really happy to hear that. Yeah. You you get climate folks and sustainability folks who go into business. It can be so hit and miss because they're starting from a position of like, it has to be pure. It has to be 100% right. And then how are we going to sell this? Or you get people who are just embracing, like wrapping themselves in the green kind of credentials. And you get a company that is not changing its ways, trying to look green, and it's the classic green wash. Then you get people like Abs who are their operators. They know the industry. They know the business. And who have actually had a green kind of conversion. They, they have different priorities now. And they don't want to do business the same way. But they know fundamentally how to business. How yes. to do the business. <laughs> yeah. And they make good products. And like pinkish pods, it's a damn good brand. It's appealing. Like I don't feel hesitant for a second to tell someone about this product, not because it's green, but because it's appealing and I don't, I don't have to say anything. People don't even have to know that I am a a climate person to be like, Hey, smell my shirt. (laughs) Don't you want some (laughs) of
1: that? And that would be enough for them. I'm excited. I'll be like a little bit excited when they hit the shelves and, Then I go to my local Kohl's and get my my laundry detergent. Um, Yeah, although, like, I'm still making my way through the massive box of laundry detergent that my ex-housemate got at the start of COVID in his panic buying. (laughs) It worked out. Yeah, he bought, like, a three kilo, like, box of laundry detergent. So once
0: that's finished, get to washing, you know, hopefully, you know, Pinkish is coming in just the right time to pick up that buying cycle (laughs) after the two-year-old panic buying shopping sprees of people.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much to ABS for reaching out to us. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being such a great guest. It's been great to talk about, of all things, laundry detergent. And it's like actually not a different thing than talking about any other aspect of kind of society or the economy or any of the various things that are wrapped up in the, the everything climate crisis. And it's just cool to like have something to relate back our washing to about that big perennial overarching problem.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean that the IPCC report said that we need to radically transform every sector. And so I think it's really cool that there are people in the world like Abs who are going, All right, I'm going to pick a sector and I'm going to do that transformation.
0: Shotgun yeah. laundry room. Go.
1: That was bad for audio, but I was like doing a little like supportive dance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, now cue the sound of towels and a drying. Uh, drying? What's it called? Washer, dryer, dryer. dryer. A dryer?
1: Yes. No. <laughs> but you don't that need to use a dryer.
0: No, don't use a dryer. The no, well. I mean, like
1: I've been—we've been dealing with historic rain, and I still don't use a dryer washing machine. Yeah,
0: good stuff. Time to get out the old mortar board and you know go down the creek with your your washing pan and hand wash. <laughs> I'd rather die.
1: I think that's it, so I'll see you next time. The little curiosity bug bites.
0: Or somebody brings to us a great story we can't say no to. So we don't oh, know where yeah. we're going to go next. But thanks again for joining me Eve, for another episode of Seriously Curious. Do Do we want to try doing a lame, like, simultaneous, like, stay curious?
1: Oh, yeah. No. Did we do that last time?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm a, it's been too long. I'm imagining
1: okay. it. Oh, yeah, we do. It's like, stay curious. That's what we used to say. I can just overlap it. You don't have to do it in sync. Okay, Stay no, curious. but we will try. All right. Oh. Three, <laughs> Three, two, one. Stay curious. Stay curious. curious. <laughs> me, 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 me. All right. All right. That's that's. I'm going to stop going. <laughs>